heightened welcome bonuses from Bank of America on today's Milenomics Squared podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Sam Simon. And I'm Robert Dwyer. And this is the Milenomics Square podcast, no annual fee edition. If you're not subscribed to the full Milenomics Squared podcast, you're missing out on a deeper dive into topics like the following. Sam, this week I want to talk about cards from Bank of America. They've got four great credit card welcome bonuses to consider right now. Let's discuss them. Let's prioritize them. And really, how do you you navigate the complicated and ever-changing approval standards over there at Bank of America? Quite a bank lately. I agree. I would say there's more than four because there are target offers as well that we've covered on this very no annual fee show recently. So uh, I wouldn't discredit Bank of America, and I like that we're highlighting them today on the show. Robert, being in the northeast corner of the United States here, you've got to take this first one. I was going to do a live application for one of these, but uh, we got a little delayed on recording. And uh, uh, at the conclusion of the show, I'll tell you which of these cards I went for. But now, like, yeah, let's just get into it. Number one here, Bank of America Amtrak card, train credit card. All right, 50,000 points plus a $100 statement credit if you perform a dummy booking. You know, you go in there and you earnestly act like you're going to travel on Amtrak. And when you go to the checkout page, you'll see an offer there, hopefully, for $50,000 plus a $100 statement credit. Uh, it can be used anywhere. You just meet the minimum spend requirement nice. of $2,500. The $79 annual fee is not waived. But, you know, if you're not familiar with Amtrak, you probably aren't familiar with what their points are worth. So it's kind of a weird program. They've changed it maybe a three or four years ago, and now it's a, a, a point-based scheme, and the amount that it costs in points is relative to what it costs in cash. You get about 2.9 cents a piece of value for non-Acela trains and 2.5 for Acela trains. And like I say, in the Northeast here, this is a great way to get down to New York City, uh, down to Washington, D.C. If I'm going to drive into New York City and have to park a car, I'd rather take the train. And this is uh, something I am very interested in. So any interest on your part at all, uh, just a completely different landscape out there, but a a ton of value here. I mean, over $1,000 in train travel if you want train travel. I I like the qualifier at the end. If you want train travel, was talking with Gideon, the frequent flyer, about his uh, Amtrak uh, travels on a, a recent episode on the podcast network. And Robert, I am not a train traveler. Uh, geographically, it's not as good here on the West Coast. At distances are larger and uh, the delays seem to be uh, what hurt me the few times I rode trains out here on the West Coast. So I think it's important to mention this could be worth nothing. Don't, you know, this is that classic thing we talk about all the time, Robert. Don't go for this because the first thing we're talking about here on the show, and we said it's a great offer, don't go for it if you live 400 miles from an Amtrak station and have, you know, never been on a train and don't think you'll ever get on a train. It (laughs) has to make sense for you. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll have a link here for a way to transfer bank points to Amtrak if you're not wholeheartedly into the program. Uh, Not just in time transfers, but you can get pretty decent bank point value out of uh, what well, used to be Amex and Citibank, you can transfer through points.com. It takes a few days and you get uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.4, 1.5 cents a piece of value if you perform that transfer. So, you know, I went back and refreshed my memory on it. It's been a while since I've taken a train on that post. It was very helpful because I actually did book some train travel today, but those transfers aren't instant. So it is a little bit annoying. You have to predict when that is going to occur in the future. And you usually probably want to transfer them over right when you're about to perform a booking. But uh, nonetheless, something to look at if you're unfamiliar with how to work Amtrak in a different way than paying cash if you're not you know, accruing loyalty points by actually traveling on them. I like it, Robert. Should we move on? Absolutely. Take the next one. 
All right, I've got it here. It, it's a 60,000 mile Alaska business offer from Bank of America here, of course. We're going to give a hat tip on this to Matt, a commenter on Doctor of Credit. There's a direct link to the application in the show notes here. There's a $3,000 minimum spend, and just like that Amtrak card, the first year annual fee is not waived. And I think I alluded to the personal Alaska at the beginning of the show here. There is a 65,000 mile personal Alaska card offer available. And if you've been targeted for something higher, you could have an even better personal card offer for that as well. One of the reasons that we're highlighting this card is that it is not subject to Bank of America personal churning restrictions. I do want to mention the same caveat. As someone who's been collecting Alaska miles for almost a decade, Robert, and yet to redeem a single one successfully. <laughs> I've I've booked many flights and then canceled many Alaska flights. This might not be the move for you if Alaska's not... Let's say you, you live in a city not served by Alaska. You need to take a real hard look at your demand schedule and make sure you'll have some use for this because I also want to mention the business cash reward card has a $750 cash back offer for the sign up card. So don't forget that that still exists out there. And that card could be fantastic for travel from any airport in any city. And so don't trade one for the other. Uh, sometimes it's an and and not an or. But you know, I think that we're really covering a holistic look at Bank of America and these cards. It's not just these are fantastic offers. It's these can be fantastic offers. Yeah, gosh, you know, cash is king. And as, as much as it isn't exciting and doesn't uh, have the the luster that, you know, maybe redeeming those 60,000 points for a first class or business class flight internationally, you know, wouldn't you like to have $750 in your pocket? And that business cash rewards has enduring value on the spend side Learner. that these yeah. other cards aren't yeah. going to have. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes I like to say, you know, think of, of this as being the last card you're ever going to be approved for. And what decision would you make if that were the criteria? And yeah, maybe I would like to have that card in my arsenal more than some speculative points. You know, you can't even fly to Asia right now or if you're <laughs> like me. So, yeah, maybe cash is the way to go right now and, and, and wait and see. Let's talk about these approval conditions because they are complicated and I don't not so they're not they're inconsistent between personal and business that's for sure. Uh, but let's start with the personal ones first and talk about this uh, the, the two three four <laughs> rule. You know we've heard of Chase five twenty four. There's a Bank of America two three four rules. Doctor of Credit calls it. I think I chipped in some data points uh, when he was compiling that because the the rules were changing just as I, w I was doing some applications as well. And it seems to be that Bank of America will only approve you for two cards, two, you know, two of their cards. This isn't looking at other banks yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, two of their cards every two months, three of their cards every rolling 12 months, and four of their cards every rolling 24 months. So that's pretty generous. You know, they do have a lot of cards, but I think that's, a, that's quite a few uh, cards that you can get from them, but something you could bump into. So keep that in mind. Uh, you want to take this this next criteria. It relates to more of a Chase 524 kind of thing in, in terms of how other banks are looking at, how they're looking at other banks in terms of giving approval for their cards. Uh, Bank of America said to not approve new cards if you've had more than two new credit cards on your report across all banks. So that's just two in 12 months. But there's an there's a situation here where having a Bank of America checking account gets that number up to six. And so checking account can play into more offers 
for credit cards, which is a little bit of a unique situation here with Bank of America. And if that weren't enough, you have to think maybe there's a certain credit line they'll extend to you or there's a certain number of maximum yeah. cards that they would have. I bumped into a denial not too long ago, and I, ha I think it had to do with having too much outstanding credit from them. But, but I got denied for that card, and I think the reason was I had not only a lot of credit from them, but I had credit lines that were active when I closed Bank of America business cards. So I got denied for Bank of America business cash rewards when I applied for it about three months ago. Uh, but just recently, I was able to get approved for a personal card, uh, just today, actually. And I think the reason I got denied for that was because I had a lot of credit line that was active when I closed cards. So I'm hearing that maybe it's a good policy to close, to reduce the credit line on uh, Bank of America cards before you close them, because they seem to have a memory of that credit line for 12 months. I don't know if they will let you open a card or something like that, why they're remembering that credit line for so long, but maybe a best practice with Bank of America to reduce those credit lines before you close them out. And I think that's a unique characteristic of theirs that I haven't heard of from any other bank. Robert, I I'm just going to ask the general question to close us out here. Is it a mistake to ignore Bank of America at this time in the game for you? I think so, right? As much as we talk about you know inflation in the amount that it costs to redeem these points, and I think that's part of what's enabled them to increase the value of them. I mean, I remember Alaska cards having a 25,000 point welcome bonus. They were far more churnable then, but maybe you could get more leverage out of them on the redemption side. Things have gotten a bit worse. You know, there's not this outsized redemption with Emirates and, you know, Asia still intact as a good redemption. But yeah, it's harder to redeem Alaska miles for outsized value. And that's what's enabled them to ratchet, ratchet up these offers. But yeah, still a lot of value on that Amtrak side. And, you know, as much as we talk about inflation and currency, I, I don't, $750, that's a very good value. You can still <laughs> buy a lot of goods with that, about a lot of milk. You know, hasn't uh, the, the consumer price index has not increased that much that uh, I think $750 for a Welcome bonus on the business card is fantastic. What do you think? Yeah, I think they've got a you know they've got two threats here, Robert. They've got th the the threat of a large, nice sign-up bonus of flexible value points or miles on Amtrak or Alaska, and then they've got high earning cards. You know, Bank of America has a very nice earning structure on a lot of their cards, not just the cards that we've highlighted here, the business cash reward. There's a personal cash rewards, which has changed names to something ridiculous that I don't even know yet. Uh, so I think that as a bank, they offer a very complete package of cards. They're not as flashy in certain ways. You know, there's not the transferable point currency that you see with Chase and with American Express that we, we do like, and with Citi, of course, uh, that we do like. But if you've got specific needs, there may be a card here that works for you. And it's not from one of those banks that you've gone back to over and over and over in the last few years. So Hey, if you're new to Bank of America or if you're not new to Bank of America, take a second look at them with everything that we've got here in the show today. I think I agree with that. And uh, it's time for the big reveal. What card do you think I went for? You you went for uh, the Amtrak card, Robert. That's you're a right. big Amtrak guy. Absolutely. You know, yeah. being, being fresh uh, in terms of trying to complete an Amtrak redemption today, wanting to have those points, knowing I could get good value out of them for trips to New York in the future, I did go for the Amtrak card. A crazy program, right? You know, there's like... <laughs> if, I mean, could I actually justify in my mind spending on that card if I get 2.5 to 2.9 cents a piece of value towards Amtrak? That's that's pretty great, but it's very a very specific currency. And uh, all tied up with points.com. I'll go into that more on the paid show, some of the difficulties there in terms of moving points around out there. But there's some, <laughs> you know, it's a weird, weird currency system when it's so valuable compared to some other currencies that are not as valuable. For JetBlue, for example, I can't get any good value out of those points. So transfer some of those over there. But 
yeah, uh, just an incredible, uh, uh, complicated system with this Amtrak thing. So I did decide to go for that. And well, it knocks down one more card that I can get from Bank of America. But I thought it was interesting. I could get approved for that when I was denied for a business cash rewards card just a few months ago. So yeah, maybe a different counter on the personal side versus business and credit lines. Or well, I already had another <laughs> business cash rewards that was still active. So it could be any number of things on top of the many complicated things that we already talked about here this week. <laughs> A game we play. Robert, you want to close us out? Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us this week. For a more in-depth discussion about Points and Miles, visit us at patreon.com slash milenomics. There you get a special link to listen to additional content right in your mobile podcast app or on your computer, where we speak more freely about topics like these. As always, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at milenomics, and Robert is at Robert Dwyer. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, we'll see you on the site. <laughs>